0: Pastor Bob Thibodeau.
1: Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Bob Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Faith-Based Business Podcast today. We're so blessed that you are joining us. You know, on this program, you hear us sharing stories and testimonies of folks from around the world in all walks of life. They share their struggles, their heartaches, their heartbreaks, successes, and failures. They do this to help others, you and I on this podcast right now, to avoid the pitfalls and to achieve our goals without going through the learn by experience concept, right? I know, I've got a PhD in learning by failures and experiences. That's a tough way to to learn how to become successful, to learn how to become a true achiever, to learn how to be an overcomer. Failure is hard, but it's also a great instructor. But when you are able to meet someone who has the ability to help you achieve success, to help you achieve victory, to help you achieve your dreams and guide you through the processes of learning from their experiences, it saves you time, money, and definitely heartache. That's what our guest brings to the program today. Damien Andrews is a former Australian Special Air Service military member. In service, he learned how to bring calm and order to a highly stressed life, life and death situations, That's one thing I know I learned as well from my time as a cavalry officer. I mean, you've heard me speak about this before. You know, you don't have to panic. You simply gather as much intel or as much information as you have in the time allotted, develop a plan of attack, implement the plan, evaluate and adjust as you go until you defeat the enemy and gain the victory. Praise God. No long drawn out meetings and conferences. There's no time for that in battle. I mean, General Patton once said, give me anyone who will implement a good plan now, rather than try a perfect plan later. Action. Action determines success or failure in life, in war, and in business. After service, Damien has become a corporate recovery specialist. Damien excels at bringing calm and order to highly stressed or distressed companies and businesses. He helps the leadership in these companies to develop keys for turning their businesses around and implement many highly successful financial plans and turn their companies back into the successes they were designed to be. Dave is also the CEO and founder of Family Peace Foundation, which he created to prevent domestic violence. He also launched Share, S-H-A-I-R dot care, which is a global community sharing experiences and bringing strength and hope to people everywhere to help create strong, healthy, and inspiring relationships. Help me welcome to the program, Damian Andrews. Damian, thank you for taking the time to join us today. I know it's a little late down under uh, right now, but I do appreciate you coming on the program.
2: It's a pleasure to be here, Pastor Pastor Bob, and yeah, it, it is late. Well, it's technically early because it's after midnight. And uh, oh, was, so you got all day um, then? <laughs> exactly. I'm just starting of the day. I'm just waking up. But thank you for having me on the show, and it is an honor to be part of your uh, part of your your ministry, part of what you're doing, and, and to to help the people that you serve.
1: Amen. I appreciate that. And the first question I always start with, other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words who is Damian Andrews?
2: oh that's a great question that's a question we often ponder with and it was one a question that was put to me um one time in a different way it was put to me i said why do you get up in the morning mm. and really that comes to you what is your purpose and that's what i spent a lot of time not really knowing what i what i what i was here for what i wanted to do with my life but it really it was deeply ingrained from i think when i was a, a child my parents were always very giving and, and help the community. And I think that's part of what I grew up with. I, I'm actually a, a war, my a descendants of war refugees. My grandparents came out to Australia after World War II. I, I'm actually Polish, Russian and Ukraine. <laughs> origin. Um, so, and, and I'm fully integrated now, so I'm, I'm pretty sure they can work it out too. And Maybe they can send <laughs> me over to, to help sort that out. But um Amen. it's... I think he did be an
1: ambassador. I, I think he needed to send I, I, you over there as an ambassador. Yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm all three. Um But what I what I did notice as I was growing up was, was my parents and maybe it was because of that upbringing we had where coming out, we always had to work together to to survive, basically. It was, and it was a giving thing, and and maybe too. I, I'm and having that Polish upbringing as well. My, both grandmothers were Polish, and as, as you know, they, they say the man's the head of the family, but the woman's the neck, and she can turn the head any direction she wants. So my my grandmothers, both grandmothers were were Polish. They were 100 percent Polish. So Roman Catholic was you know we we were brought up that way, and and went to church, and and had those upbringings, and and had the the flossive philosophy of helping others and I I remember that as a child growing up my parents my dad was part of the local footy club um not different from the footy that you play over there we we actually kicked the ball and um (laughs) but we um my dad, I think he was on the treasury. He always brought home the, the cash that they had there, and we helped count the cash that so we always did that. When we had the Christmas picnics, my, my dad, and this was a favourite time for us as kids, my dad would bring home all these big boxes of, of lollies, and, and we would pack the bags for the Santa that, that Santa would give out. Okay. And um, But there was always leftover ones. There were always odd amounts left over, so we got those. So that was part of that thing. But I think from that, there was a deep underlying want to help people to, to help people be um to achieve more to to give of yourself to to make the world a better place and i think that's really where i'm at or who i am is it's always been about helping people and one of those times that really stands out after i left the army when i and i was in perth in western australia <laughs> And I didn't have a job at that time, and I didn't have any money in my bank account. I had a $20 note in my pocket, and I and so didn't have a job. That was my $20. That was, my, that was all the money I had. And I was working walking through the Perth Mall, and an Aboriginal man came up to me and asked me, did I have any change? Now, honestly, I didn't. I, I, I only had this $20 note, and I'm not sure why I thought about it. And I pulled it out of my pocket, and I said, hey, here, have this. So I gave him my last $20. Um, at first he looked at it and he's turning it over <laughs> to check whether I think he was checking whether it was real. <laughs> but then he, I I saw and I can still see it today, his eyes lit up. Um, and then he started dancing and he danced he danced in front of me. Then he went on to, and jumped on top of this bin and was dancing on the bin in the then he went over to what I assume was his partner or girlfriend or wife, and he's holding it in front, dancing in front of her. And I just stood there watching this for, for what felt like forever, but I felt amazing. I f- and I feel amazing talking about it. now. This was 30 years ago. I still feel amazing when I think about that. Um, and I'm not sure if it was because I gave that money away. Next morning I got a call about a job and they needed someone straight away. They wanted me to come in straight away. I went in, I had an interview, and I got that job. And I'm not sure if it's because I felt really good about myself that I got a job That but because I presented myself really well because and that's how I... I thought about it, but I've noticed from that perspective all throughout my life. Whenever I've been in a down situation, and I ha- and I've I've probably been in a situation where you'd look at it and go, "Well, you shouldn't give; you got to protect yourself." I've actually stepped out and said, "No, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna give here." Amen. And it's Amen. turned things around. It's changed my life. Where in those down moments, when I didn't really have anything to give, and I did, it turned things around. And so that's. If you ask me who I am, it's that probably sums up my character. It's always what can I do to help someone else? Because I believe it's in your own interest to help other people. Amen. Um, Amen. It works that's, for you. Yeah. yeah if that awesome. answers your question, yeah. I don't know if it's a clear answer to the question, but that's Amen. that's my answer. And I'm locking it in.
1: Hey <laughs> man, hey we're locking it in. Final answer.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> well, when you left the military, what were your plans? I mean, did you know what you were going to do in regards to what you're doing now when you left the service? Well, that, that,
2: that's, well you need to take that back to when I started the military and what was my plans. Okay. Um it was before, so when I was at school, I was like, probably like most people, and I didn't want to be at school. I liked learning, and I think most people do like learning, but sometimes the structure of school really doesn't serve you very well, and we all have different ways of learning. And I think schools are recognizing that now and, and, and teaching things different ways. But back then, they certainly didn't, and I, and I didn't like being at school, but my dad said I wasn't allowed to leave school unless I had a job. Ironically, the Army recruitment people came around about two weeks later, and I said, cool, I'm signing up, and it gets me out of school. Then when I got to the Army and I did basic training, I've gone through basic training, and and I've looked and started doing that, and I was thinking, running around the bush is not that... Australia, we don't have a forest. We just have one bush, as you probably know. We have the... (laughs) so after running around the bush I was going I don't really like this <laughs> this maybe wasn't a smart idea <laughs> so and but I was smart enough to recognize at the end of basic training they had a couple of jobs that the good jobs like signals and things like that but outside of that you went to infantry which is more running around the bush which I didn't want to do and there was one position no one was going for now, I'm an eighteen year old guy. What does an eighteen year old guy primarily think about? The one position that was available was a chef's position, and I was thinking my first thought was girls like guys that can cook <laughs> 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 and that was my motivation. My second thought was it gets me out of the infantry and the third distant third was that I could use this as a career. So I've gone to the school of um school of cooks and learnt to be a chef and did a la carte cooking and all that kind of thing. But while I'm there, they asked one of the guys on my class, do you want to go to Perth? And he said, no, he'd just come from Perth. And I, and I just went, ah, it's far away from home. I'll go to Perth. Um, so I said, I'll, I'll go to Perth. And they said, well, okay, all right. And if you'll pass the psychological test, you can go. And I went, yeah, no problem. I'll pass the test, not even thinking about where I'm going to go. I just, I'll pass the test. Was, yeah. So I went and did it and I did pass. Jump in my car and I drove from um, Victoria, Melbourne to to Perth, Western Australia, which is equivalent to going from New York to, to um, Los Angeles. Wow. One side of the country to the other. And I get there and it turns out that I got posted to the SAS. So <laughs> I'm there as a chef. Um, in the special forces, jumping out of airplanes and doing everything the SAS does, as well as learning to cook, um, some people, some friends of mine said to me, what are you, like Steven Segal in, in Under Siege? And I said, yeah, that's probably about right. Well, that, yeah, okay. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> um, yeah. And then after you know, I did that for a while, then I thought, I thought about it and thinking, you know, this is a lot of fun, but I looked 10 years at the people 10 years my senior, and I thought that's not where I want to be. I didn't know where I wanted to be, but I decided I was going to get out of the army. And so I got out of the army. I was fluffing around in Perth for a bit. And as mentioned, there was a period there where I met that Aboriginal man and and gave away that money, did some odd jobs and things like that. And then a friend said, well, there's good money working the mine sites. So I went, okay. Um, and I decided I wanted to work there, and so I wrote an, a letter of application. This was back, and this is to sh- you know radio viewers can't see it, but I, I am older than I look, and I um <laughs> so that my application was a handwritten letter because didn't have the computer then. And so I wrote an, a letter. I found who were the the five biggest contractors that worked up in the mines in the, the northwestern Australia, and and I wrote them a letter each, and then the next day. I wrote another letter and sent it off and the next day i wrote another letter and sent it off to them again so and after two weeks of doing this one of them called him up and said you seem very keen (laughs) why don't you come in for an interview (laughs) so i got that job and um i worked in the mine sites for a bit but then i got a bit homesick came back to uh, victoria and realized and had a bit of a think about it and thought you know what my dad said about education getting an education is probably an important thing <laughs> so I went to university and and I this time I wanted to study um I wanted to study accounting and commerce and law because I wanted to work in um, for whatever reason I wanted to work in in financial um business advisory um corporate recovery that's where I I'm not sure why I wanted to work it, but that's probably the only the time that I really wanted to do something. So up to that point in time, you know, the reason I wanted to do something was getting away from something. And I was always constantly doing something to avoid. I got joined join the army to avoid school. Um, I joined, I went to, I took the, wanted to go to Perth to get further away from home. Um, you know, and, but it was, it was then later on, I decided I wanted to work in, in corporate recovery, which gave me a lot of experience working with business um working with people dealing with high stress situations you don't you know you I had to walk into a company take control of it it was in financial distress I had to take control of it create rapport with the employees assess very quickly do we trade this on or break it up kind of felt like Richard Gere at a pretty woman you know taking over companies and break I had more hair back then for those watching I don't have much hair <laughs> or if you're looking at my photo I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I put it down to too many U-turns under the sheets. I'm not sure we can say that here, but people can work it out. <laughs> but um, I, I, um, I, I really learned to create rapport and, and have an empathy for people in, in those situations. And trying to to work that out, and then that, and I think that again connected to that wanting, you know, wanting to help people. It was a difficult situation. It wasn't their fault. The company was in financial trouble. But what could we do to turn this around? How could we we make it work? Um, where we could make it work. Um, so that's I've forgotten what the question was, but that is a covered. story. <laughs> Amen. Amen.
1: So, so because that, that's what I wanted to get you to is what you're doing now, and, and do businesses. Are they usually the ones that reach out to you? I mean, you know, after after things are already going wrong and they're really on their, their last breath of survival, is that when they reach out to you or do they call you, you know, well before things have reached that point so they can try and get better?
2: Yeah. So that was, I mean, I did corporate recovery for a while. And then while I was doing that, I found I could could actually go out and consult by myself and, and earn a lot more money doing pretty much the same thing. And so now I'm, I'm not doing corporate recovery anymore. I'm, I am working with businesses to help them be better, but normally it's a word of mouth thing because I, you know, I've, I've got a pretty good reputation for, for what I do. I ha- haven't really advertised a lot, but mostly I work with large businesses. Um, although I do have some smaller business clients. One of my clients, um, they were a, a small engineering business. Their, their turnover was, um, about $8 million a year. So it was just and it was a second generation family company. They were a lot bigger, but then went through some hard times. Um, and I got involved to to help them. We we uh made a couple of very simple changes and it was more about identifying what the client's needs were. And we really they didn't work any harder, but in 18 months their revenue went from eight million dollars to twenty-five million dollars. Oh, yeah. Um Amen. Yeah. So and it was just a simple change. And and that's part of what I do now with large corporates. It's it's going in there and going, okay, how do we how do we make this work better? How do we make the culture better? How do we make it um operate better and smoother? Um, but with without putting in any extra any extra effort. Because you hear it all the time work smarter, not harder, but how often do you actually see it? Right. Um, yeah. And- Amen. Yeah, so and that's where where I come in and go, well actually what we need to and it's not so much that it's difficult. Life is pretty simple. Life is very simple. There's very simple principles to follow. Um and one of them and I was you know, and you've, you you've know, heard that but you know in the Bible you talk about you know be kind to one, on, one another, tender-hearted, forgive forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's not a hard thing to do. It's not hard to be nice to people. Um when you want to be, you know, sometimes when you know someone has a go at you, we forget that, you know, as God, God, God in Christ forgave you. And all of a sudden we're starting to get angry at the person. Yeah. And, but if we, if we maintain that principle and it's, it's interesting how, um, cause I used to be, when I was younger, I used to be, could be quite an angry person. I remember there was one time I was helping out a friend's friends, um, at their wedding and I was at the front of the church helping out, um, sorting things out, and there was a spot where the bride was to pull up. So I was directing people going to the church. The bride hadn't got there yet. And and someone went and parked in the spot where the bride was to pull up. Now, to be fair, there was nothing that marked it as the that's where the bride was going to park. But I've stormed over and gone, what the hell are you parking there? Where is it going to And I've chewed this guy out in front of his girlfriend or wife or whoever she was. Um. Not the best way to approach that situation. <laughs> so he's he's like you know and, and got in his car and drove away, and you could tell he was upset and and rightly so. Um, so I could be fairly um, angry in in the past, and then I, I've since learned that if you do have that approach, you know, be kind to one another, you know, forgive you know, uh, as God in Christ forgave you. And if someone is angry at you, if you just, you know, and I've noticed this where I've walked into those situations where someone's starting to get a little bit bit angry, I don't even get defensive. I just step back a little bit and said, oh, you're having a tough day, are you? I'm Damien. And all of a sudden, the situation calms down a bit. Or if someone attacks, I had that. It was funny. I was um, on in some of the construction sites that I work in uh, with the the, the big construction companies. I always go in usually uh, with a suit on. And I I like to wear the old 80s style braces. You remember them from Wall Street? Because I think they look really cool. And I was there and there was an old guy. He was. Was this, the, the superintendent so he was the boss of the client basically he well he was the, the the power behind the client he represented the client and he was a grumpy old you know um choose your choose your description he was a, a really grumpy person <laughs> and we're having this chat and he was could be difficult to deal with and then you know as we're talking i didn't have my jacket on but had the braces there and, it, and he and we're talking and he just grabbed my braces and flicked them <laughs> and and i just ignored it just let it go straight that's why i don't have any hair because let it go of my head <laughs> and, and and we're talking and he and resolved it and then he turned to me he goes actually you know what i love the way you wear braces i thought they've been really cool and i wish i had the guts to wear braces like you do and then from that moment our relationship changed Anyways. he became really nice and it was i didn't react to. It. i didn't get offended i didn't you know and i'm not saying if someone you know hits you or something you shouldn't you know <laughs> Defend yourself, but you know, in in that circumstance, it was you know I I just did let it go, and and from that, um it became very easy. And my and I found now I I get along and and deal with situations really well, and people go out of their way to actually help me get things that I want to do because I've I've helped them or I'm just nice to them, and that it's man. not. And that's my saying. It's it's pretty simple.
1: Yeah. Well, matter of fact, you share the you know the choice, hard or easy. Is actually mm. up to the individual to choose. What do you mean by that?
2: Yeah, well, what I mean by that is, is I life has some fairly simple principles um, and fairly simple rules that uh, exist. And some people, you know, listening to this, they'll go, oh, "I don't believe that." And I, I'd frame that with, if if you go up to the twenty second floor of a building and go out on the balcony and step off, no matter whether you believe in gravity or not. You're going to go down because <laughs> that's that's the rule. That's the oh, way it works. <laughs> that's a <lot>. that's right. <laughs> and life has, and and if you go through the Bible, um, I know you relate to that. There, there's a lot of very simple principles in there, and if you follow those principles, um, you you will um, your life will be fairly easy. But a lot of times we don't follow them. And and I I can't remember. I know there's the the tale of the talents in the Bible, um, where it talks about you know uh, the person not using their money well and getting it taken off them. But if we want to take it even um, back a step further, and, and I'm sure there's you, you'll be able to f- uh, reference the specific quotes. Is if you want to have money, for example, which is a lot of people can relate to wanting money, so that's why I use that as a as an example. Um, if you want to to earn money, it's pretty straightforward. Is you add value of some sort, you solve a problem. So as an employee, if you add value um, to a, to a business, you're going to get paid for that. The irony of that is, and, when, and what people don't realize is, if you add a little bit of extra value, which is not hard in today's world, because there's there's a, we know there's an employee or you know, skill shortage, which is actually not hard to add value, but the the research shows that if you if you worked an extra hour the a week, then your actual salary increase is about forty percent higher. Wow. So it's not it's not it's not measured in the same um, linear scale as the extra hour you worked. Then, if you're clever about what you do, you can actually work smarter and do that extra hour as work while you're there instead of sitting there around the water cooler chatting at yeah. the, you know, about whatever. You can actually get that done during the normal time and get that extra 40% income. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so, and the, the principle is just add value. Um it's it's not difficult and and um to do that, and then, if you want to be wealthy, there's three steps um it's save a bit of what you earn, invest that, and then reinvest the income. Again, they're not. That's not a difficult instruction, yeah. and and it's not only that. If you if you follow that instruction, you will be wealthy. It's not a. It's not an if. You will be wealthy, <laughs> um, and that's what we're talking about when I when we we talk about this and and we take businesses and, and now we're working on some programs for individuals as well. Taking them through this process of the these are the principles. The the issue you've got is following it which is because we all come with a set of beliefs um, and sometimes, you know, they usually come from our parents or we've learnt them, but those beliefs are what shape us and we forget that the beliefs aren't real. They're just what we have chosen to believe. It's a thought that we've repeated over and over again. And you can simply change that by changing the way you think and all of a sudden you have a new set of beliefs and your life then becomes easy it it becomes a habit and that's because we are creatures of habit the same i mean the the reason you know you every you know no doubt you you people you yourself you'd pray regularly and and as a result of that that works for you you get you actually get in tune with with god and you, and you, you you were talking in the pre-show about things that have happened. you're paying attention and and everything and then all of a sudden you go ah oh, that's why i get why you're doing that Exactly, um, exactly. And it's through that habit that you actually become aware of that. And it's the same sort of thing with these principles. We actually have trained ourselves in doing things in a hard way. As soon as we let go and go, hey, all right, I'm listening. I'm listening to what you're saying here. That's the reason I'm feeling right. this pain is you're trying to tell me something that I need to do differently. Yep. And if I just and and all I need to do is start repeating a new set of habits, and then my life will become fairly easy. And those new set of habits are guided by those simple principles.
1: Amen. Amen. That's awesome. A... Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with uh, Damian Andrews. And you need to come back for the conclusion of the interview because we're just starting to get into good stuff right now. But in the meantime, drop down below into the show notes. Click the links there. Get in touch with Damian and get this book, Be the Black Hole. It is awesome. Amen. Till next time, this is Pastor Bob Romani. Be blessed in all that you do. Know.
0: You have been listening to the Faith-Based Business Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. We appreciate you as a listener and fellow believer and want to encourage you in your entrepreneurial efforts. These programs are designed to provide you with information that you can use in your business to achieve success faster and avoid the obstacles that try to impede your success. All information on this podcast is for entertainment and information use only. Some of the products and services listed in the links may contain affiliate links and Pastor Bob will earn a small commission when you click those links at no additional cost to you. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode is published. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.